usually in life, it's about not telling a story. It's not about talking. It's, be, it's about being silent. Hi, I'm Bram van der Groes, and thanks for listening to the Before and After Show. The podcast in which we are zooming in on specific moments in life that brought you further. My personal before and after moment was specifically last year when I was not happy in my job. Fortunately, I was lucky enough that CCV gave me the opportunity to figure out what I really like to do. I have to say it was quite a challenge and I had to do a lot of puzzling, but eventually I knew what to do. Make podcasts. Podcasts about personal stories, personal journeys, but most important, your personal events. These specific moments in life that brought you further. My manager loved the idea and said, go. So, enjoy this episode while walking, sitting, running, sleeping, or however you like to listen to podcasts. And let's start. Hello and welcome to the Before and After Show. I'm going to try something new here um, and introduce our next guest by one guest we had before. Please listen to our guest, Anne Kjaar. Do you know somebody else who should be, could be inspiring uh, for the Before and After Show as well? I would actually recommend my husband, which sounds a bit sleazy. <laughs> <laughs> But actually, um, Jan Battel, who is my husband, he is the founder of the Grace Female Accelerator. And I think that is really interesting because most people would think that a woman has founded a female accelerator. But I think diversity is such an important topic and it should both be males and females and anyone who you know is in between um, that we all need to talk about it. So yeah, to talk about female empowerment, I think actually my husband would be a good one. And there we are. For the listeners, it's a surprise, but for the viewers, it isn't because they already saw that we have one guest in front of us and it is Jan Battel. Uh, so uh, thank you for joining Jan. Uh, very welcome uh, to join. Thank you very much for Did having you... me. <laughs> yeah, you're more than welcome. Did you enjoy uh, the intro of uh, Anna? Yeah, so it's... Um, uh, and my wife, she's an amazing entrepreneur and um, has outstanding performances in the field of integration, diversity, peace work and stuff like that. I admire her a lot. I'm very proud to be her partner. And so if she said, like, it's worth talking with me, like this would be, <laughs> it's just great hearing it. And yeah, so... Here I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here you are. And of course, uh, we had a conversation before uh, because when uh, we invite our next guest, we will always have a, a, a conversation and see if there is a match, yes or no. Yeah. Uh, and obviously it is. Uh, I think uh, we will have a very interesting uh, conversation about you and uh, the things you are doing and uh, the way you became who you are. Um, so let's start with that. But before we uh, will start with, uh, with the questions and the conversation like that, I'd like to start with some uh, yes or no statements. Uh, you can only say yes or no, and that's it. And along the way, for the listeners and for me, we will get a little bit more information and we see, ah, okay, that's why the yes was there. Ah, and ah, that's why the no was there, hopefully. So uh, let's try. Uh, the first one is, uh, it's because of the demonstrations against the German nuclear power program that I'm doing what I'm doing. That in, in, in this case, you are doing what you're doing. Yes. I will be succeeded by a woman. Yeah, yes. 
the last one, your wife Anneke stated that she wanted to win the Nobel Prize in the future. Dream big, she said, aim high. Um, do you have a specific award in mind that you would like to win? No. Okay. <laughs> so there won't, there won't be a battle between you. <laughs> All right, that's good. Okay, well... Um, Again, thanks for joining. Um, and let's start with the, with the, with the conversation. Um, before we started, uh, 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 it is Sunday when we are doing this recording. So before we started, uh, I asked you how you are. And you said, I'm good. It's very hot in Germany. And I was working in the garden. That's, you're a big fan of working in the garden, I guess. Yes, for sure. I think that <clears throat> also the bigger um, picture of uh, being a gardener is a... Uh, description of myself that I'm related to also when I work in social fields with people. Um, so the idea of being a gardener in the nature and also within people, groups, communities, uh, organizations is definitely something that I really like and feel very close to. And I see a lot of similarities on first when you set up the space for gardening um, and you probably came from nothing and then in five to four or five to six to two more years then you sit in a beautiful green garden and um, joining um, the, like the whole development of this um, and you can have the same feeling not only in the real nature but also when you're within a community that in the end you will sit there as one of the gardeners, you're not alone in the social field, but you sit there and you think like, wow, this has become an amazing uh, social field and I love to be in there and it's nurturing and it's rich and it's uh, full of life. And, and uh, do I understand you correctly that you're not doing it by yourself, but more in a community? Let's a say I, I, I start and um, I'm doing it on my own um, and, and my wife is uh, like helping me a lot but definitely it's something that is related to me only and if we have visitors at our farm or if uh, friends show up they definitely love to be with me in the garden um, but it's kind of like I have it learned learned it from my childhood days on how to to do it and so a lot of people like to listen and to yeah, deep, have a deep dive with me into it and the understanding and knowing all the plants and the the, the animals and like what's going on. But um, it's not a community gardening, so it's it's a young gardening. <laughs> <laughs> so you <laughs> so you have a, a small board in front of the garden, young yes. gardening. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And um, when you were little, because you, you grew up uh, yeah. doing so, um, um, uh, didn't you want to, because you loved it when you were little as well, I guess, mm -hmm. um, didn't you yeah. want to do something with that when you were growing up or uh, was it just you, you always saw it like a hobby? I don't exactly remember. I think I never thought of being a professional gardener. Um in the like in the meaning of working with uh, the land and nature and so on so i had always the feeling that this will be already a part of my life but not as a professional no no, no exactly i think but never thought of it no <laughs> did you did you have other thoughts as when you were little about what you wanted to become so i think there were, were two i had two um i have two memories probably like one was there's definitely i have 
been um, in the city near to my parents' house. I have been with my mom very often in a bookshop. And there was um, a couple sitting behind the, sh the shelf and like were just talking about books all the time. And you like have a question and then they stand up and go in this massive bookstore and they will pick up something <laughs> and say like this, you have to read this or have a look at this. And they were the very good storytellers. And they also were organizing fairy tale um, evenings where they were giving their own fairy tales to a little interested <laughs> community. And um, later on, I got to know that they they haven't written them down, that it was made by improvisation only. And they were telling each of them a fairy tale in a night that was so flourishing, so nurturing, so wonderful that definitely I thought that I could be a fairy tale teller in the future. <laughs> so this was definitely something where I thought like storytelling, this is or fairy tale telling, I would call it like this in former times, very beautiful. So this was definitely one thing. And the other thing is my father was a craftsman, a master in craftsmanship and as a carpenter. And um, in like, I think this all over Europe, but especially in Germany, there's an old tradition that some of these craftsmen Men go on walls. I don't know how to, to say this in English. They are fremdgeschrieben and they, you go away from your home country, uh, hometown or home village and you work um, being a foreigner while you walk across the country or Europe. Mm -hmm. And uh, so my father has opened our house to these men if they need a place to stay or to sleep. And they, I always thought it's the same man because they all wear the same like the same shirt and they have this huge dark hat on their head and so to me this was not different men it was always the same men showing up from time to time and they were really strong men and they also had a lot to tell and they the hat looks very beautiful so i thought like i don't really think i know what they were doing so they were building something yeah or builders or craftsmen and i was very impressed by the masters who could like with our own hands and an axe, they can just build a roof from from scratch uh, without any tools <laughs> and really wonderful men. So I think that becoming a master in a bigger sense that could teach someone something that wears this wonderful hat and that is this this yeah is this proud proud and independent rich man. Uh, this was very very inspiring to me and I, I i think that i haven't thought of becoming a craftsman or something but i want to become them mm -hmm. so seeing this man or the, the lot of men have been with us i was like i want to be like them yeah, and, so. and, and if you think about it do you think you're like them right now um i think that i've um i've um correlation or an i'm very close to being a storyteller and i'm very close of being independent um, and i'm very close of having an idea of what it probably needs to be to become a master um, but this is then the old question like do you want to be a, a, a pupil that is becoming a master or you want to be a master that is learning all the time 
So I think that that the idea of the master has changed in my life, and I would love to be the master who is in constant learning mode. Mm-hmm. So this shifts a bit. Um, but yeah, both of them were very good storytellers and uh, fantastic storytellers. So I, and I hope that I could, in my work, inspire a lot of people for a bigger vision and to step up for themselves or others. And do you believe that everybody could be a storyteller or do you need a specific skill for that? I think that some people might think of probably the people who are going to listen to to this here is that people who tell a story or who are good storytellers, that they are well prepared and that they are like in bringing a story to life through themselves. Um that that might come from a deep understanding of what it means to be present. Um, and I would say that this presence is needed, but what uh, Otto Sharma or one of my master, Rwana Hayashi, uh, told me is this wonderful word of pre-sensing. And I think that a good storyteller is well prepared and is well present in the situation where he or she is in. And from this point of view, sensing the audience and sensing what needs to be told. So you can, sometimes you have a story that I have told in a hundred different ways, depending on the sensing of the audience while I'm present in the story to give it a different tone, a different shape different um, voice uh, so on so I think that there's a in this pre-sensing I think storytellers um, that are inspiring that they are able to do this being present and sensing what's out there and then have have a fresh awakening of what have never been told before of what what have never been part of the story before but is needed in this moment with this audience for the impact that needs to be out there that the storyteller could not think of before mm-hmm. with any preparation. And I think that this is um, this is something that's not so easy um, and there are a lot of failures. And when you ask me is everyone could be a good storyteller, I would say yes. And uh, when you start from being present, it's already being very authentic, being into into the story you want to tell others and be aware but but usually in life it's about not telling a story it's not about talking it's be it's about being silent and listening <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. so um but if you want to tell a story like give it some time sense yeah. the stage sense the people is it worth telling it how to tell it like what is as uh, my uh, master arawana hayashi would say what is emerging from the field what is arising from the audience what is present already and and then go into your story and be the most present authentic self <laughs> ever seen before yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, and by the sensing um, um, that is by uh, when you are entering a room you are talking to the people who are in the room before you are going to share your story or uh, you do some research before you are going to share your story or or is it another way of sensing as well definitely uh so i think you um like the whole presentation is is and is is or the presence is uh, present is related to being prepared 
And then when you enter the room, it's all about bodies. So there are, it's, it's bodies and it's a social field um, facing you already. So when you like when I'm with a client, um, a management board group um, that is in the room and you just give it some time and it's not about talking or interviewing, it's just sensing what's there. You definitely will get a lot of informations uh, by being aware already. And then, yes, talking to people, but mainly listening, not talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and and um, again, a social field is never in a in an it's never existing on its own. Uh, so the let's say this management board I'm working with, like I have passed probably the the door from the organization. I've been talking to someone who has the cab driver i have been involved with some employees um, in this in the staircase i've been um, having sensed like how how is it to be in this organization before even i entered the room of the board meeting and so on so there's a lot of things going on uh, that could be sensed that give you a lot of information on how the culture or the organizational setup or the Probably the the relations, the crises, the the visionary of it is taking present or not. And then yes, we are talking a lot, like because we're we're getting used to being very, very high levelly skilled and rhetoric and stuff. And then we are in these organizations and we talk and talk and talk, but the body knows already a lot. Mm. Uh, the only challenge is, I guess, that uh, the body knows a lot, but um, it's it's a challenge for people to listen to their body to understand what they should do. Or and it's 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 reading the bodies, but not everybody is that aware of the bodies, I guess, or, or, yes. or of their own body. Yeah. Yeah, and and the the relations between bodies and the, the language and the culture that's out there. So I think that the term body probably is a bit misinterpreted here. So there's, um, let's say, I've uh, a different senses to, um, to observe the world, to observe my client, to observe partners um, and to sense what is possible and uh, which future or what is emerging from this field that I'm in and um, and definitely the senses um, to make use of all the senses that I'm capable of and not only my eyes and uh, my ears like it's very helpful and usually by by talking we are very much um, listening to people who download themselves and just talk about what they have been talking about for a long time before so there's nothing new into it and there's like the possibilities are covered by downloading so definitely i'm looking first for how to enter a dialogue and then how to enter new spheres um, that are awakening uh, yeah what some people call awakening knowledge of that something that's already in the organization or within the field that you need to dig out um, but that is covered by the downloading by power systems, by performance measurements, by yeah, different aspects aspects of the relationships within uh, the the people you're working with. 
Yeah, this is uh, this is very much related to the the, the company you eventually started, eh? Ignore Gravity, and mm -hmm. the work you are doing there and uh, how you apply it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you started your own company, uh, uh, but when uh, we are going back a little in, in time, uh, yeah. when you were little, did you uh, wanted to start a company? Okay, you wanted to be a, a storyteller uh, and, and successful in that sense, but did you eventually think, okay, I'm going to do that by starting my own company? Or uh... it's uh, <laughs> to be honest. Um, it's um, it's my father saying. Oh, I, I hear my father saying, uh, I was sixteen, roundabout, and my father was like, "Hey, Jan, don't even think about. It. I'm going to buy you a car when you got your driver's license." <laughs> and I was like, oh, "Okay, so how to get money for? Because I love cars, and I, in these days, I would love to to be independent and go around Europe with my car and stuff." And then I I had a look at all these yeah jobs that you can do as a pupil and I, I was very good in math so it was very easy to understand that I will not be able to buy a car I need to do something else and then yeah a lot of things happening so I decided to to organize myself properly and go for a bigger vision but it was about earning money <laughs> first <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then I found it a company with my mother's help because I was uh, my father didn't want it he wants me to um, be very good at school and thought like if I'm now founding a company to earn money I would probably be not that good in school as I should be and my mother then secretly uh, went with me to the officials and signed a paper that if something will go wrong that she she's then capable of of it and <laughs> And yeah, that's uh, we never told my dad, so he thought I was doing a pupil job <laughs> a, with a very big German newspaper, the Bild Zeitung. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that was when you were 16 years old, yes. And uh, what kind of company did you start by then? Um, so let's say the um, I was um, I was enabling the um the abonnement delivery of German newspapers. So if you have an abonnement with a newspaper, I was thinking of how to make more money out of this or how to sell more abonnements and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Ah, okay. Hmm. So you were, and, and, and how did you came up with that idea? Um, one of the pupil jobs that I had a look into um, was um, these... Um, these young uh, pupils who go by bike and uh, were bringing these newspapers all over their villages and towns to the uh, to the readers, and they were not allowed in these days to sell the newspapers that um, were leftovers. And this made just no sense to me. And also the organization, the logistics, like everything I have seen, made no sense. So I thought, like, I can do it much better. <laughs> But I, but but I was like it was in days there were no internet, no mobile phone. We had no idea of the word startup. There was not a trend like the startup industry, and it was just like um, that. This little Jan would love to be able, to, capable to buy a car. Then yeah. <laughs> <And> that's <laughs> it. It's very boring. <laughs> And did you manage to buy yes. your car? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and your father thought, "Oh, that's uh, well earned at the at the company." Um, 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My father was not not that a car guy. He was uh, it was uh, it was like you needed to have a car but it was not something that uh, could be kind of an aim or something. Yeah, he so there we we were we were close but not in this topic. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, around the same time, uh, mm. you were also joining uh, the protest against the nuclear power, the nuclear pom- power co- program of Germany. Is that correct? Yes. So, um, yeah, it, uh, it's it's parallel. Probably, I think it starts a bit earlier. I think I got to know a resistant group um, in the north um, of Germany in a so-called Wendland in Niedersachsen that was uh, organizing demonstrations um, against the transportation of nuclear power rubbish and or nuclear power systems or the um, the idea that is behind all this. And I got involved into this very heavily and had, um, yeah, had been like, when I look at it now, I had the chance to 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 observe and to be part of everything that humans can do with each other but with the luck of not having seen murdering but i've seen in these demonstrations everything that that um that humans can do with each other and from a very positive and beautiful and amazing side to very ugly crazy group dynamics that <laughs> have been placed and in these days my my question was um born on on like it, i think it starts with some like how to lead groups or how to lead how to understand group dynamics how to um how to do good how to do how to organize and and peaceful resistant uh, work and, and so on but but it all came then together to the question how how do you lead so i observed the state with his policemen and the leadership of the german police department and i observed our leaders i observed different types of leadership in all these days so i've been very long in this resistant group for how long um, sorry i still today okay yeah I'm part of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I've seen, yeah, I've seen, I've seen a lot, and um, the question of how to lead was uh, a leftover that is uh, probably the constitution of all what I'm doing today. We call it in the before and after aha moment. This yeah. was an insight for you where you decided, oh, what is this? What can I do with it? Right? Yeah. So I uh, there were I had this, uh, but the, probably there's one special car ride where all my uh, friends around me fall asleep on a um, trailer of a um, uh, farmer, um, and I was um, I thought of like I'm so exhausted and I want to sleep too, but my like my head was running and I I even imagine today. <laughs> like this truck like it was shaking a lot and i was sitting there and then i observed my friends falling asleep and the others who were with us and it was a very beautiful safe space um i feel uh, on the right time on the right moment in my life to to do the right thing i was very con- convinced i couldn't do something better um but something definitely was missing 
And this missing link was was it that I don't understand um, on how to make this whole journey better or be in better service. And so I, I remember sitting on this trailer, um, driving, um, looking at the farmer who were driving us and being so kind, uh, people helping, very being very helpful. These farmers here in the resistant, uh, in the resistance, and I was um, thinking of everything I'd, we talked about before, like, mm, is it possible to understand this? Is it possible to understand or to talk about group dynamic? Is it possible to talk about leadership? Um, and then, yeah, something was, it was a start somehow. I start reading about it. I start uh, looking for people who were talking about it, giving lect lectures. I start being involved in trainings. Uh, I educate myself uh, with people who were raising the same question. And then this starts, but it starts on this trailer where we got back from one of the last demonstrations. And I thought of like, there, there must be something, there must be people out there who could explain to me what is what was happening all over and in a in a good manner and then we <laughs> ended up in a friend's house and were sleeping for a very long time and i also remember laying on the floor and my my mind was my thoughts were just running yeah but stopped. i was definitely very exhausted too <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. when you concluded something you, you you were able to start to sleep yes <laughs> <laughs> exactly um yeah. okay so uh this experience uh, mm. brought you in that sense uh, towards where you are right now, because uh, I think um, uh, you, you eventually started uh, your own company. Uh, yeah, well, you when you were little, you started uh, a company. <laughs> you you continue doing that uh, because yeah. now uh, you started uh, Ignore Gravity as well. How was the path to towards that? Yeah, probably what, um, what you must understand is that um, um, because I had um, employees already when other people were probably starting um, how do you say uh, studying or do do a normal career path or something I got very interested in in different things so I was interested in art I was interested in business I was interested in performance I was interested in philosophy a lot in philosophy to explain mm -hmm. things so I started studying on on site to um, my jobs and my company and the things I was doing so it took a very long time and I had to look into very different aspects of, of what people think on how to explain the world and I was very lucky that I had um, I had this clear question of leadership so I was um, able to um, to 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 search for people who who were talking about this very beautifully and I'm had probably um, the, a wonderful chance to get to know um, a man who was the last pupil of Niklas Luhmann, who invented system theory or the modern system theory, then by Dirk Becker. And this Dirk Becker is a professor that um, is dealing with this question in a very beautiful way um, as a sociologist. And I think that with him, this journey starts. Um, to being capable of finding a um, first grammar of leadership or first, mm, yeah, first 
models, ideas that explain more to me than what I've heard before. And uh, through him getting uh, a lot of hints to others and to models and to theories and to to trainings and to educations that I then went through um, to, to enrich my observing system and then all it happens that then also being being a sparring partner a partner or coach executive coach for leaders um, and working with them on their questions uh, what I do today and um, so for a long time my company was just called like me Jan Bartel it's not very surprisingly uh, um, the consulting business is a people driven business so mm. it's it's about <laughs> the person, person driven, um, and uh, but uh, with ignore gravity. So the name came to me um, because I thought that I'm dealing with the gravities that will hold you back or your organization or a group of people that you're working with or in as a leader uh, to um, innovate yourself or to secure. The next future step or to write a strategy or to be more um, more um, successful or whatever this is and i think that i'm i try i'm trying to listen to these gravities very carefully and try to reframe them as as potentials and something that that from there you can walk on to find new experiences but um uh, we know that we can't get rid of these gravities but we can be playful with them and bring them into new levels of uh, energies or performance or relations and then i started to name the company ignore gravity <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a, i i think it's a very uh original and inspiring name uh, yeah. <laughs> well found and yeah, yeah it's it's different than uh, than uh, Jan Battle, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> a, bit. <laughs> a bit different. But it, 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 yeah, in a, in a way, when you're saying what you're doing with Ignore Gravity, um, uh, yeah, it, it, it sounds very uh, strong, you know. So uh, mm. when 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 I first read about Ignore Gravity and 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 saw the name, I thought, wow, okay, that's powerful. Yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. a good move there, I guess. Thanks. Yeah, and yeah. it is uh, so. It's not. It's not me. It's a lot of very wonderful people with me in Ignore Gravity. They are doing. This is also what Dirk Becker once said to me. So uh, my my first master probably he said that whenever you work with people, only work with people that are much better than you in the field that they are presenting or that they are standing for and don't work with people where you can do it better. So <laughs> at Ignore Gravity, you will just find people who are way more smart, intelligent, or whatever in their field uh, they are working with. And it's wonderful to be with these people. And um, having this great team, I also have a wonderful business partner right now, Steffen. Um, he's um, yeah, my rock and my hero in our journey. He's a wonderful um, manager and a wonderful partner in our business and with Suzanne and Leonie um, this is new they will become uh, partners in uh, our company we also run a company together that's called Ignore Gravity Ventures where we invest in startups but um, also Ignore Gravity will have four partners in the future 
And there is a huge network of people that are not um, directly working in my company. They are not employed, but they um, have been with me and with Ignogravity as partners for a long time. And also clients. So <laughs> a lot of clients are with <laughs> us for a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. What, 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 what is your biggest goal with Ignogravity? Your, your ex, uh, obviously, it's going well and you're growing and growing. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you, do you have a specific goal you want to achieve? Uh, there's not this one uh, one goal, but I think that um, that usually we we have an overlap in the in the mindset of people who are working in or with ignore gravity that we believe strongly in the idea of empowering people or organizations to find their higher purposes. Um, And this is a bit buzzwordy. So empowerment, you will like today, you will find this word empowerment or purpose-driven organization like everywhere. So it has become a bit a trend, but at Ignogravity, we have a strong belief and an overlap in our our ideas on how to work that we think that when you start from working with people as people then working from the people towards the team from the team to the organization from the organization to society that you will find on all levels um, a way on how to empower so how to come from building relationships probably to performance how to come to transformation then and evolution then to an alignment, how to come to a real collaboration or how to come to a real contribution when it comes to society. And so it's, uh, um, I think we don't, uh, like when you work from from this um, this metaphor, metaphor that probably you are, um, you are, creating a safe space where people could be the best facilitator becoming someone who's integrative to others being in service that everyone could become a mentor for someone or a partner for someone and then the in the end and being a visionaire this is definitely um, the goal when you say is there a goal yes uh, to to empower people to to come to this higher self, to the higher idea of organization, to the higher um, idea of an utopian society. This is definitely um, uh, a goal, but it is very different by client on, on like where our work is, um, is, is, yeah. So it's irritating the client, it's, it's, nurturing the client it's fun for the client it's very dysfunctional it's very transparent it's oh like a lot of things are happening while we are working so yeah. it's not that easy for the client i think <laughs> no, I, no, I can imagine that. but uh, i think that's the that's the fun part of uh, the company and and the job as well right you, yeah. you never know what kind of clients you uh, will have and what what to do with these clients and where the struggles are and where the gravity is, like you said. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's an open challenge in that sense. Mm-hmm. So you uh, so you have ignore gravity and you have your partners, but at one point you became a leader as well. So yeah. 
uh, how was that transition? Well, I think you were a leader when you were little already, but uh, mm. yeah, for Ignore Gravity, what kind of style do you have? Mm. Um, um, uh, so first of all, going back into <laughs> my biography, I always found myself in uh, leadership positions. So by groups, they had a feeling that at least for a while I should guide them without um, forcing them to do it or things. So there's definitely something in my inner person that made other people feel that let's let's try it out with Jan to go somewhere. Yeah, mm -hmm. let's just try it. Um, but in my professional um, education, I have been um, involved into many things around system theory, uh, systemic therapy, family therapy, constellation work, um, the lot of ideas around aesthetics, uh, the so-called social presencing theater that I'm have been part of, and so being heavily involved in all this, um, um, and having always a question of how to be a leader. Um, I experienced that it is um, it is probably about um, seeing and listening, stepping back, um, creating definitely a safe space only for employees, um, and getting involved and being a mentor when the greater vision or the greater aim um, gets out of sight. Um, enabling the people to show up in their um, most wonderful way, which means you have to integrate their ideas, their passions, their opinions, and not yours. <laughs> um, you have to be very uh, truly open for um, moments of, um, of self-development where like if someone is developing like you you must be with them you must like celebrate it and be be close and be be wonderful and sometimes then it's about the person and not about the client or the process or whatever it is so being with with my people and trying to see them and as a full person and try to have an have an understanding of where they who they want to become and be and and enable this journey and building bridges um, and being with them like this is in the in this methodology of the safe space it's very important and on the other on the other side i think it's all about humor so i, I <laughs> i'm probably not the funniest person on earth but i try to take the things not seriously while i take them very seriously so while I have a plan, while I'm prepared, while I make up my mind, while I'm presenting, while I'm, I'm being in in the leadership shoe that I want to be, um, I'm I should laugh about it and just be with the people because when you make a plan, then yeah, life is happening and <laughs> things are happening, and to be um, to to show the people that that you can laugh about it at all levels and all times and even if you fail even if you even if you have a disaster of something happening like you can laugh about it and think like woohoo like what <laughs> what's going on here and um this creates i think an a baseline for the safe space for the 
people that they have the feeling that everything is possible. So, yeah, and from the safe space, this is, I think it's related to, to humor while, while you have a plan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so laugh about your plan, but have a plan, but, yeah. but laugh about it. <laughs> so it's this paradox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think this is the, an idea that we follow um, at Ignogravity. And we have uh, one, one um, let's call it a ritual or a, an, an investment, a time investment and uh, into um, us and our people and clients that we do on a regular basis is that we are, and this is related also to my biography, um, I got introduced uh, to Buddhist methodologies of what today in the West we call mindfulness, uh, so about meditation and inner growth and um, ideas about um, Dharma and Buddha. Mm -hmm. And here I, I created a little journey for the team that we do every day that has three steps. So, so we start our day with an, a thankfulness round where we share uh, what we are thankful for or what we feel, how we feel, then go into a guided meditation. The meditation is related uh, to let's say, to, to, to a year's development um, of the year itself and to, to inner and deeper knowledge of Dharma. Um, and then we go over to uh, journaling. So every day we have a journaling question. Then the whole team is journaling. And if someone is surprised what in the methodology of journaling has came up, it's uh, only five minutes. So sometimes we have huge questions and philosophical questions, sometimes fun questions, but uh, five minutes can be very short or very long. Mm -hmm. And then um, this is, I think, my most um, my most important question to the people then is, is there someone who would love to share something? And then we usually have outstanding insights of the people who are going to share then what they have written down in this journaling. They don't have to. Yeah, no one has to do anything. Uh, you don't have to join this, but uh, but the people love it and they they are part of. So um, we get used to it that sharing um, creates very interesting moments for everyone. So you learn about your colleague a lot. Mm -hmm. You learn about yourself a lot, and you learn about us as Ignogravity as a team a lot. Like what is what we are able to share, and I think that this. Um, this these elements um these three elements have have a strong influence of our culture of creating a safe space first before we are meeting a client before we are thinking about that we are able or capable of empowering someone mm -hmm. so it's in self empowerment and creating a safe space and um it takes a lot of time and sometimes you think of like like should we go on with this like uh, um, yeah it's very time consuming um, but I think it's the most important thing that we're doing throughout the whole day yeah yeah I can I mean yeah. when you're telling this to me I, I, I'm getting really enthusiastic about the idea and it's uh, mm -hmm. basically new for me mm -hmm. um, but that that way of working uh, really creates uh, open space uh, and, yeah. and and needs a lot of trust towards each other, I guess. Uh, yeah. Because if you are sharing your stories, yeah, mm -hmm. then you need to trust each other. So, and when you do that, and when you see that you're able to do so, 
that bonds and that, that that that's really a powerful thing i guess yeah yeah um there's uh, one thing that i usually don't talk about but this should be also be interesting for people who are listening to us so there's uh, probably a fourth thing that is uh, related to our practice within the guided meditation in the let's say in the last part um there is a question that i bring to the people every day that uh, goes like um like it's in the end of the meditation so i guide them out of the breathing into coming back to a conscious mind and i ask them um how they want to show up for their colleagues their families their friends a stranger in the street that they're going to meet today and they should um, follow their heart uh, whatever idea came up and then come be very close and follow this intention for today this sounds very dramatic in the beginning when you hear it for the first time or it sounds very like too much or whatever it is but if you see it as a practice only that you can ask this yourself every day on like how do i want to show up and that you really try to to be close to this idea that that is arising within you and carry this out um, um this has i think probably a very um as you said trust building um idea but it has also the idea of pre-sensing that probably i need to be present to sense others i have to be present to sense the situation i have to be present first before i step into communities clients uh, social fields um, and this is the i think the fourth element that um, uh, in our steps we don't think about it because it's part of this guided meditation but this is also it's uh, taking place there and i think it's a very strong um, guidance for people to even if you are angry if you are sad if you are going through tough life in your private life and like whatever is, is going or you feel probably not not the person um that is probably the most beautiful self ever <laughs> out there then this question will remind us individually that it's us who are designing this yeah yeah every day you're designing like you're designing your your spheres of luck your spheres of involvement your spheres of trust it's you and not the others even if everyone is very distracting and very unbeautiful in your eyes um it's only you to be the one to show up peacefully and beautifully for others yeah that's yeah. interesting yeah yeah so absolutely. It's only you it's only about you <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's true yeah. i mean uh i i, I just saw uh, read something about that and that relates to the things you're sharing with us as well now mm. uh it was about um if you let people touch you as in um mm. Uh, decide how your mindset is yes then you're basically a slave of the yeah. external world yeah. and uh, when you are accepting yourself as you are and and people cannot hurt you or people cannot bring you on the on the, on the path or whatsoever mm. yeah then then you are working in, a, in the purest way and uh, mm. then you can bring the most things to community or to your work or to your family or whatsoever and that i think that's really inspiring and uh yeah that, that that relates absolutely to the things you're sharing here yeah yeah through the like my master that i now 
was giving like ideas of three times Arawana Hayashi. <laughs> she also um, was always uh, um, talking about that um, that the um, that the success of an intervention of a consultant or person in life, like whoever a leader, is um, is is built on the inner conditions of the intervener only. It's not built on the plan. Like you can, like when you when you are in full capacity of your own presencing, um, you can step into a room and change it without a plan built on your inner condition. But you can have the best plan when you're distracted and disconnected. You will change nothing. The people will not follow. Mm-hmm. And this is very interesting. And I think this is what we are working on. So that when when the Ignore Gravity team shows up at clients or at people or, or partners, that we are able to intervene in a, the most beautiful way, even though it's probably not fun. It's It could be like a hard way to go. Could be also have very vulnerable and sad moments or whatever is happening, but we are capable of holding the space in this social field that's going to transform to a next level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this yeah. is this is about see it's about the inner condition that we are talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, um, looking at the time, uh, yeah. uh, I'm going to continue, <laughs> but but there is a bridge towards <laughs> the topic I like to discuss as well, yeah. uh, because because this uh, way of working you implemented in Ignore Gravity, mm-hmm. I think uh, other things uh, came out as well, and one of the things ca- which came out was uh, the Grace program, the Grace Accelerate Accelerating yes. program, right? Yeah. Uh, can you share a little bit more about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the short. Um... The short answer would be yes. <laughs> um, within the strategies that we are building with our clients. So when it comes to strategy work or innovation mm-hmm. strategies, now for I would say eleven years, um, it uh, has become normal to buy startups or to invest in startups or to be close to startups that probably are an answer to your innovation question when you run a large scale company. Then the programs of incubation and acceleration have been out there, programs where young founders should be accelerated or incubated in their way of founding their companies. It has also to do with the idea of a safe space. Um, And we thought observing in the beginning, like all the struggles that the large scale company had with understanding these startup teams that probably we should... um, offer the program of our of this acceleration on our own and run accelerator programs and while doing it um, we had in all acceleration programs and in the acceleration programs of our competitors out there we all share as hosts uh, the same observation that you have very little women applying as female founders to these accelerators so we thought of like hmm probably it's us as men uh, like providing uh, an, 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 let's say an, a language or, or a program out there that is not not interesting for women and then we started um, because we thought it's it's it goes deeper and there's an, an systematic uh, problem here uh, we started to have deep interviews uh, that we use at ignore gravity very often before to, to analyze an, a problem 
and we're talking to top female managers and top female founders in this specific area on why why this why there's could be a reason and we found out a lot but i'd like to share one outcome that leads to founding grace um, as an accelerator program for female founders only and the insight was that usually women get told by their closest family so parents or uncle or aunt uh, auntie or the first um, um, man or woman that they meet in their education so uh, a master or professor that it is far too risky to found a company they should better not do it while their brothers and uh, male cousins were being from the same people were be enabled um, to find investment, uh, the networks uh, will be opened in the minute, and like so, uh, there's there's a, a strange thing going on here. So, in in these days, it was normal that you have to upload a business plan with your application to accelerator programs, and who was was I thinking? Who is writing a business plan that usually needs sometimes the first draft you work on this for months against your family against someone who's educating you as a professor uh, secretly and then secretly uploading it <laughs> uh, on an accelerator program so we decided to build a program where you in the first batch only had to convince us that you as a female founder think you are the best female founder ever seen on earth and um, only Germany, we had in our first batch, 380 applicants. Wow. In the first batch. Aha, uh -huh, dating. And here you <laughs> see a lot of women want to found, but there's no place for them to show up in their, in their true self. And then we can talk a lot about findings in female leadership and in the lack of diversity in our um, uh, leadership sphere and the startup um, industry and so on. That, like there's, there's everything that we know now that it's out there. And we decided not to uh, talk about it and not to have uh, found a political initiative. We said that we build an accelerator program based on this for female founders only uh, to create a lot of role models to bring together in our mentorship program a lot of role models to tell story about successful female founders boom who are out there and who are brave and wonderful and um, enable um, and support them to found their companies and be very strong and tell their stories and this has become a wonderful initiative where also um, a wonderful partners step in um, uh, who are enabling um, us uh, to do our work. We also invest a lot into this. Um, and the last thing that right now that we are in is that we also found that women have a complete different approach in learning. So the, the knowledge that we provide in the Grace Accelerator on founding companies in all its levels in the founder's journey are much deeper in, as in our other programs, because women want to know and learn much more before they start to deal with a problem. Um, yeah, and right now uh, the team is working on a digital product that is called Grace Digital, um, because we can, in our accelerator program, we can empower up to 25 women a year. Mm -hmm. So we have to left 
leave behind a lot of other women where we believe in and then we thought of like also uh, with the COVID uh, situation on how to develop a, a program that is online that's digital that uh, will help a lot of women to to found their company um, this is will be launched in October this year for uh, the European continent in America and in uh, the next year I would love to bring this to Africa Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah, that's a good ambition. And yeah. um, um, so uh, initially 318 female entrepreneurs uh, mm -hmm. wanted to enter the program. Uh, that's a lot already. Um, mm -hmm. uh, how did you, uh, how did that go? How, how, how did you uh, communicate this into, yeah, to, to them so that they knew mm -hmm. that they could enter this program? Yeah, I've so um, my business partner Stefan. I already mentioned him. He is a very, very good in branding and marketing. So next to um, the knowledge that we bring to the table in running a good accelerator programs, um, we decided in the first year to more concentrate on building a brand than doing the program because like what has to be done in founding companies we already know so we mm -hmm. running the program was not that a big challenge for us but um, we decided on having a huge investment in um, PR and being very present in social media and again only concentrating on talking about role models and with role models and mm -hmm. not about the problems so our decision in Grace was show women, showcase women who have done it, who are wonderful entrepreneurs out there who run their companies successfully and show all the women who want to found that it's it's just normal to do it. Just go for it yeah, and not discuss uh, the gender dimension, not discuss what we all know about all the horrible things that happen to women who want to step into their leadership shoes. But this is our political decision uh, so we want to go out there and not talk about it but do it like and support them found your company go for it we enable you boom <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, and uh, then we go for a very strong communication campaign my business partner is very good in in um, building uh, brand strategies communication strategies and bringing the brand out there um, working with the team on it that this is something where we need to um, overthink internally our ideas on gender diversity. So internally, we had a lot of discussions, programs running that we are capable to, to hold the space because um, there was uh, fun and sadness in the room of the women that we are facing and a lot of anger. And we can hear and understand the anger that is out there with the women, but then to channel it into these um yeah all these companies that now have been founded for five years and all these wonderful women out there who showcase their best <laughs> entrepreneurial self and us being proud as a team and talking about it yeah and today it's uh today it has i think the brand has become a stable brand in the accelerator scene we are well recognized um, so we could much more concentrate now on developing the acceleration process and developing our products within Grace um, and expand. Um, yeah, but I would say this is our shift from this brand yeah. and communication strategy to to acceleration and now to to um, reframe and rethink what we have done 
and coming out with new products so far and enter new continents. Yeah. Yeah. Worked out pretty well. Yes. Uh, <laughs> how, uh, uh, you're a man and, uh, mm -hmm. uh, like Anna said in the, uh, Anna said in the, in the introduction, in the introduction, mm -hmm. um, it's not that common. You don't expect a man to start up a program like this. How was it received when, when do, yeah, do people know it or is it, yeah, is it uh, the best kept secret in the world that you're behind this uh, together with your partner mm -hmm. or is it, can you tell it, something about that? It, de it depends. Uh, so um, at Igno Gravity, we try to bring our people in the forefront, the team. So it's, um, it's rare that my business partner, Stefan and me are in the forefront. So you always, it's a team, like the people should present what they are doing and not us. Um, but, and I, I'm, um, you came to a topic where, where I can be very misunderstood with the following words. And I hope that I put it correctly. Usually, um, the men and the women who found us men as founders, are very thankful, very open, and very supportive to Stefan and me, and probably a bit surprised or whatever, but they just mm -hmm. say, wow, cool, and they see the whole potential of what we have built, and they see the team, and they see the founders, but not like Stefan and me are the, definitely the most uninteresting part <laughs> into the whole thing, um, but... If we, um, and I, I'm, I must uh, talk about this too, because from time to time it happens in social media that if we deal with women who have had the full negative experience on male-dominated and abusive um, atmospheres and surroundings in their private or business life, that we face an an angry comments on like who are Stefan and me using women to make profit and here again and now we come back to <laughs> on how we step or try to step into the day by our our mindfulness journey it is um i think it's it's not not that easy for me. I can't talk about Stefan, but just to say um, you are invited to talk. Let's talk about this. So and we when we get this these comments, we invite these women um, to talk with us and sit down and uh, try to understand what we are doing, what they are, what what is it that they think we are that bad, <laughs> yeah, and trying to find a way to communicate, but. Um, also not to be that irritated and go with the people who support us and just not leave our path mm -hmm. and, and just again do good things in the world and move on yeah um so but definitely it, it, it does not happen very often but we had this uh, issue uh, that could be said like where where is the diversity like here and um Stefan and me said yeah but we are very sorry in the beginning it's just us we have it's just us and <laughs> the team and now hopefully that when Suzanne and Leonie also become partners not only in the Ignogravity venture but also at Ignogravity I think that this um, will give a better um, idea on like how how we show up already 
but this is something that is to me it's um it's it's the only um topic here that uh, that was a bit irritating to me but then i yeah as i always try to say invite to a dialogue and move on yeah yeah exactly <laughs> try to incorporate and try to communicate better more open but uh, like Stefan and me we are not hiding we are we are present but uh, we love also our teams to be present and yeah i think that out there the story is is told um and yeah from time to time it's still irritating for some women and i hear them and i can feel them that um in their way of of yeah of seeing us i i understand that this could be really misinterpreted what we are doing yeah yeah um okay Jan, uh, i think um uh, we could talk for more hours because i i found this a really interesting conversation and i think yeah. you're a really inspiring uh, guest so thank you for uh, joining and sharing all these yeah. thoughts and, sh and and be open about yourself and the things you are doing do you have a, a, another suggestion of for a potential next candidate for the show um so probably one of my best friends but also a person that i look up to a lot he's uh, he's called nelson gonzalez uh, from san francisco he is uh, one of the top tech founders being invited by obama um, into the old office in america a wonderful modern man um, that i admire by heart and um, i'm very impressed by his whole um, way of showing up in life and as a friend as a business partner as a colleague as um, someone who's on a spiritual journey like on all levels levels i would definitely would be very thankful to listen you interviewing nelson that would be wonderful so i can connect you he's uh, he is outstanding um and very inspiring it's yeah all right that's mm -hmm. that sounds very inspiring thank you uh, mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, let's talk after how we uh, <laughs> we can uh, yeah. connect to each other um last question mm -hmm. oh no it's there's no last question sorry uh, i wanted to ask you what what award do you want to win because of the statement before but you you don't have an award in your mind that you wanted to win right no. <laughs> so there's no question anymore no award no awards no left. award <laughs> Jan, thank you very much. Uh, I really, like I said, I really enjoyed this interview and uh, or this conversation and um, we'll keep in touch. Yeah, thanks for the invitation. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>